All right. Okay, sweet. So I'm going to do um, Nearpod. That's probably backwards. But um, so Nearpod is a student engagement um, platform um, that you can access online. So let me pull that up really quick. <laughs> I need to go switch pages. I have this ready, but okay. So this is Nearpod. Um, so the good thing about it is that you can create your own lessons and then you can also use the pre-planned lessons that they have um, there for you. So Nearpod, is, they have a free version and they also have a um, paid membership that starts at $12 a month. Um, so for the free version, you have a limited amount of um, activities um, and links that you can put into your lessons. Um, but then with the paid method, you can, uh, you have access to everything. So I think that's the, oh, that's one of the, the downsides to it is that it costs $12 a month um, to access everything. So um, the rating systems that I'm going to use um, for that is for, for comparing is PICRAT and Triple E. Um, so PICRAT, um, it's definitely more in the middle of the, um, of the rating system um, because it has students um, become interactive learners instead of just passive learners. Um, and the student's learning is amplified um, because it's definitely um, a little bit more advanced than just like your typical PowerPoint. Um, and then for Tripoli, it, it engages the students, um, it enhances their learning, um, and kind of helps them be responsible, um, and then also extends. So it hits all of those points. And I chose Triple E and PICRAT because um, I feel like that um, kind of helps the teacher know where the tech tool is at, like in engagement, because I feel like it's really important for students to be engaged. So I feel like Nearpod is definitely a great tool for that. Um, so adaptability and appropriateness. So um, Nearpod, what's really great about it is it's adaptable for all learners. Um, it's appropriate for the different age levels. Um, you can either create your own lesson so it's so you know that it's um, appropriate for the age level that you're teaching or you can use some of the pre-planned lessons and that'll have um, the grade level um, right next to it. Um, and you also can also glance through the lessons just to make sure that they're um, the right one, the right kind of content that you want to teach to your students. Um, so for like ESL learners and SES learners, um, it's really great because Nearpod kind of um, makes it available for everyone. Um, and there was also a choice to, I believe you can change the language um, or at least make it more um, easier um, for your students, uh, no matter what kind of situation they're in. Um, so some research that I found on Nearpod and like 
monitoring, I guess, student engagement. Um, so there was a study done by Dakota State University by Dr. Kevin Krahenbull um, and Dr. Gabe Meidland. Um, so in their study, they did a pre-test and a po post-test. So they had students um, doing a Nearpod lesson um, while also using Facebook. And that was kind of like a multitasking um, thing that they used uh, Facebook for. And so their study found that um, Nearpod prevents distraction and contributes to better learning outcomes in, in the students. So that, that was one piece of research. Um, and then there was another um, study done by Laura McKay and Georgiana Ravenna from CCTE. Um, so what they did is they did a pre um, and post videotape lessons. So they had a control group and then they had their test group. So the control group did just a regular normal lesson with no Nearpod. Um, and then they had the group do go through a Nearpod lesson. And what they found is that Nearpod improved the student engagement and whole group assessment. Um, and then with the control group, they found that they participated less at major points in the lesson. Um, so with their um, so with their group that did the Nearpod lesson, they found that they were able to ret retain more knowledge um, from the lesson. Um, so I think that was really great because, I mean, I guess nowadays we want our students to be more engaged and I feel like Nearpod does a really great job of that. So the reading system that I've done of Nearpod um, with my work of it, which is limited. Um, so the ease of use, I gave it a five out of five because for both teachers and students, it's very easy um, and reachable. Um, and then for the features, um, a four out of five because of the um, free versus paid um, availability of those. Um, and then engagement, five out of five because of the research and um, the practice that I've had with the lesson. I haven't taught anyone yet, but um, just making the lesson, I feel like the students would be engaged very well. Um, there are some downsides to it, so it can be time consuming to create the lessons, um, but I feel like it would be a lot better um, than creating just a normal lesson because it kind of saves time. Um, and the good thing about it is that it can be student paced um, and there is also student paced learning and teacher learning as well. So that is Nearpod. Any questions? So for the um, the research, is, you said that um, the Nearpod causes less distractions, um, and I was wondering mm -hmm. what are some um, like what are some reasons why it's less distracting than um, some other things, and what it's like was the, um, the other like what's something that we use that is distracting that we can do use this instead um so nearpod kind of um it has you so it has so the teacher can present um 
can present up on like a board or like overhead um, and then the students will have their devices and they'll fall, be able to follow along in the lesson. So I feel like if we, um, so if you follow along in the lesson, I feel like there's a lot more engagement um, and you won't be as distracted. Um, typically during like PowerPoint presentations or just like lectures, um, students tend to be distracted by either other students or by technology um, or just, you know, typical distractions of children. Did that answer that? Kind of, maybe? I thought that was oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mute. <laughs> unmute it. I was like, yeah, totally. Oh, wait. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, I had a question, questions? Um, about, so you talked a little bit about how it can help like ELL students or English language learner students and things like that. Um, is there mm -hmm. other areas in Nearpod that you feel like can help in a special education classroom? Oh, yes, I forgot to mention that first. So, oh, yeah, so I looked on both Nearpod and kind of just on the internet to find um, some research. Um, so I found actually on the Nearpod, um, they have a blog um, and you can look this up later if you'd like. Um, so they said that there was a couple teachers who had examples of how it helped them with their specialist students because um, sometimes just their typical lessons um, when they're trying to um, blend like the special ed and kind of integrate them into um, like the other classes and kind of catch them up to their peers, it can be difficult to just do like their work of the mill instruction. So Nearpod is definitely, I guess, more understandable. I mean, it can be difficult for any learner, but I guess it's, um, it's definitely um, more interactive and more engaging for, for those kinds of students. So like special ed and um, ESL, it kind of just um, levels the playing field for everyone. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, of course. Any other questions? Um, I do have one more. Um, so I know you kind of went okay. over how you were saying that your rating system was five out of five because it works mm -hmm. for like teachers and students. Um, and I know that you just talked about a blog so that like teachers have shown us like right. different ways that it works in their classroom. Um, mm -hmm. but would you, like, would you use Nearpod a lot in your own classroom or would you kind of try to find other resources to use instead? Or do you feel like Nearpod is pretty like solid, like you totally use it in your own and things like that? I feel like I could use like a mix. Um, it depends on what kind of students I have. Um, I think definitely depending on like where they're at um, educationally because I don't want to push them too far um, where they're uncomfortable and you know have learned helplessness and can't um, pay attention. Um, it also depends on what kind of resources I have. So if I do have like student provided um, 
devices, then I feel like it would be a lot easier to use. Um, I think it would also depend on the lesson I'm trying to teach. Like if it's more of like a hands-on lesson, I would not use Nearpod, but if it was like a instructional lesson where I want the students to like practice, um, then I would probably definitely use Nearpod. I would have a, like a healthy balance of it um, and try and find what's best for me and my students. Perfect, love that. <laughs> yeah. April, any more questions or do you think we're good? No, I think I got I got all of that, but I don't have any more questions. Awesome. That was great. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. Well that's that's all I have. So I guess we'll move into the next person. Hey right. friends, I'm so excited to talk to you about my ed tech tool, Play Posit. Um to start I just wanted to start with a couple of facts and just said start twice, but that's okay. Um first, the cost of Play Posit is free. Um, but if you want to get pro features, it's going to be $108 a year, which I thought was kind of expensive because I was like, like, yeah, it's a cool interactive video system, but like the pro features just add on to what kind of questions you could ask. And so I feel like I don't know how much worth it it is, but there's probably other really cool features that I just didn't understand. But yeah. Um, another cool thing about PlayPosit is that it's for all ages. So it works K through 12, but it also has higher education. So Kind of like what we're doing right now. We've used PlayPosit in our own class um, in Ed 211, but it can work in like many different areas. But it is also a really good tool in K through 12. Um, something that I thought was really interesting was how it could work in other classroom settings or other resources, I guess. Like Edmodo, I'm pretty sure that's how you say that. Microsoft Office and other links, you can like bring people in to work on those and it works with PlayPosit. Um, and I thought it was interesting because in SPED classroom, something that would be really cool is the fact that children can go and play back the videos so that it doesn't have to like be gone after they've said it or after they've watched it. Um, the interactions can be very specific. So if there's big words in your lesson, you can kind of cater it to break down those words on the side without even needing to ask questions, or you can ask questions along with breaking it down. Um, and there was another cool tool where if you have like a discussion board as one of your interactions, you can have them speak to it. So if you have a child who for some reason can't type, they can speak their answer and that's how they can record what they've learn from your video. Um, as I was looking over the different, oh my goodness, I forgot their names. It's, oh, what is it called? Like PICRAT and ISTE standards. Don't remember what the terms for those are for some reason. But as I was looking over those, I was trying to figure out where pause, not, what, pause, <laughs> play pause it, um, fits. And in PICRAT, I decided that it would fit more in the middle because I feel that it can amplify the learning, but it also is really interactive. And so children will be able to understand things better because they can interact with the video as they're learning. And the ISTE standards, since those standards are kind of more of like, what can the student get out of it and what can the teacher get out of it? For the student, I felt like the things that it works on is becoming an empowered learner, being a digital citizen, and at some times, depending on how you work your video, 
they can be a knowledge constructor. Along with that, um, for the teacher, I felt like it hit all the points for the teacher. So there can be a learner, they're a leader, they can be a collaborator, which I'll show in a little bit um, how that works. And they can be a designer, a facilitator, an analysis, and an analyst, not an analysis, an analyst, <laughs> and a citizen. Um, and so I really think that's interesting that it kind of hits all the points for the teacher's standards. And I feel like, though this is a really good tool, I wish there was more of a way for the students to get more out of it. Not that they aren't by having the interactions, but more of just that they can't create. And I feel like that's kind of a hard thing not to let students have because they really do learn a lot when they create. Um, I'm just gonna share my screen real fast to show play pause it. So I pull that up. So this is play pause it. I've tested around with it with videos that I've already made in the past. Um, something that I thought was really interesting is if you go to the side here, it has a ton of different editing tools, but you can assign things to different people. You can collaborate with other teachers. Um, if you have to edit like the name or you have to edit something inside the video, you can do that as well. But they also have the preview settings so you can also always see um, what your video is gonna look like for the students. And so play pause is really interesting. There's a lot of different things you can do, like adding the new videos and making the interactions. And there's a lot of cool interactions like multiple choice and um, what is called fill in the blank and all of those things. But so that's just a little bit of what play pause it looks like. Um, as I was researching a little bit, I was looking for reviews and just things that people were saying about PlayPosit, and there was a lot of really positive things about it, especially right now with COVID going on. Teachers have really liked the idea of having an interactive video because they can connect with the students. Another thing that really helps is that they get the results back, and those results help the students to, I don't know, it helps the teacher know where the students are at, and it helps the students to be able to communicate with the teacher, and it's a more one-on-one -on -one based kind of thing, and so, the teacher and the student can know where they're at and they're able to work together to figure out how they can help the student best. Um, other researchers are showing how it can work in so many different levels and how different classrooms can use it like math, science, so if you're in secondary education you're able to use it for multiple different um, classes and of course for elementary ed you'll be able to use it for your own class and so people really like the variety that it brings. Um, lastly when I was looking over what I wanted to rate this. Um, I was looking for interactiveness, creativity, and learner's focus. And when I thought about interacting, I gave it a four out of five because there is a lot of interactive things, but you do have to pay to access all the tools. And so I feel like, not that it's necessarily limiting, but I'm sure there's more ways to interact with those extra tools that they have um, for creative or creativity. I also gave it a four out of five, and I almost gave it a three out of five just because the students can create, can't create, but because the teachers can and it can make it really engaging, I felt like the creativity did deserve a four out of five. And there was a really powerful tool in being able to use that creation of videos and the interactiveness to work together to help the students. Um, and lastly, with the learner's focus, I gave it a four out of five. And this was because 
I feel like with this tool, people can really focus on what they need. Um, they can play back the videos, they can redo different instructions if you want them to. Um, however, though this is a one-on-one -on -one tool and though you can really help them, just like I talked about, I feel like it still won't completely hit the student's struggles and you can't really adjust the timing. So if a student needs the video to be slower, or at least I couldn't find that you could, um, if the student needs the time to be adjusted slower, they like can't do that. So I kind of give it a four out of five because you can't, I don't know that you can really give it to each student individually to help them with whatever their specific needs is. But in total, I gave it a 12 out of 15, which I think is really high. I think it's an awesome tool. One other research thing that I just remembered that I wanted to bring up was a lot of people talked about how depending on how you use it, it can be a really good tool. But of course, we have to, as teachers, decide that this tool is worth it. And so that was just some things that were brought up and some things that I had in mind. And so that's a little bit about PlayPosit, but I'd be happy to answer any questions you have now. Do you know if there's any negative things about it um, that are like any negative reviews or anything like that? That is a really good question. Um, I didn't see any negative views when I was researching. I'm sure there are some. A lot of what I saw was just a lot of like how to use PlayPosit and why people use it. And so more reviews, there wasn't a ton out there. But if I could add a negative opinion, I guess, not that that's really an answer, <laughs> but if I could add a negative opinion, I think I would say the thing that would hold us back the most is just the fact that though you can make it personal, there's a lot of reasons why it might not work. And I'm going into special education and I feel like in my classroom, there are things that would work in it, but there are things that wouldn't. So it kind of like, you can't really make it specific to students. You can't really help them through everything on it. Though it's interactive, I just don't think I don't know, I guess there's just not resources for every type of student on it. And I think that's what would be the main concern. I also didn't see anything about language learning. Of course, interactive, you can make it, but like, that's another one that I could see people having a negative review on. But yeah, so unfortunately I didn't see any of those, but <laughs> that was a really good question. <laughs> Are there any other questions? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I know it's, like, difficult to find ed tech tools that are, you know, more personalizable I don't know, <laughs> to, to your students, especially, like, SPED students and English language learners. Um, so, would you have any, do you have any, like, suggestions, maybe, um, that you found in, like, your research of how to combine PlayPosit with, like, other tools that might be more customizable? Yeah, I really like that. So, actually, on the PlayPosit, um, website, like the homepage, they have a list of different resources that you can use inside of PlayPosit. Things like YouTube and like Zoom and things like that are in there clearly because they're videos. But those resources are actually really useful. In fact, I think I have it up somewhere right here. If I can't find it, then just kidding. But, <laughs> but those resources would be really useful. I think something that can really help though is there was that assign button, and I'm pretty sure with that assign button, you can kind of work with just an individual student. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, and I feel like when you're using PlayPosit, if you're having that student in mind, you can kind of cater their interactions to them. And so, I don't know, I guess just using different resources like um, 
oh goodness, all the resources that I just had in my mind just blanked on me. But like just using different resources to help students connect, I guess, can be done in PlayPosit through the different resources they give you on the homepage. And so I don't know if that really answered your question, <laughs> but they do have a lot of resources to connect it to. Is there any other questions? No? Perfect. Well, thank you so much for listening to my podcast, I guess. <laughs> and I hope you learned something out of it. <laughs> All right. So I guess I'm next. Um, wait. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so my... Um, ed tech tool is uh, Class Dojo, and um, for the for for the um, the frameworks, I used uh, Picrat and ISDE. Um, so for Picrat, I would say it's between either passive replacement or passive amplifying. Um, not there's not a lot of um, interacting or um, um or um transforming education in it it's more more of a announcement slash connection to parents um and um yeah um and it's not it's just a replacement for like smaller like like pieces of paper and reports um or in ampl amplifying it would probably be um, that it translates to other languages. So it amplifies that part. Um, for IST, I said that it was a leader for digital citizenship because there is a, actually a student account for them that they can actually send pictures and then the teacher can approve so that they can put them on the story, um, which is kind of pretty interesting. And it helps with them like have like filtered out, make sure that they're appropriate for that, but also um, teaching them how to be a digital citizenship and um, a citizen and um, being able to, yeah be nice and and share things that are good and wholesome and um like like each other's things and and comment um nice things to other people and um the teacher can intervene with that to make sure that everyone's being a, a good citizenship citizen um um so the cost is free for uh students and teachers um there is another addition to it which is called beyond school program for teach uh for parents um it's like uh 4.99 a month for 12 months um and it's just like pretty much just doing the same thing as what the teachers are doing except it's just giving more consistent um so that the parents can give the parents can give points as well so it's more consistent um let's see um for uh, adaptability um or diverse populations um 
it's good for um, special ed. Um, one person said that it benefits um, their students because um, they really need to see a, a reward. Um, and saying you're doing a great job doesn't mean anything to them sometimes. And actually seeing the points and adding the points onto the, on, um, for them gives them more of a, I don't, I don't know the word. <laughs> um, it helps them feel Didn't say qua. I don't know. Um, um, okay, I'm gonna go on. Um, so for the age levels, uh, this is for kindergarten through eight, eighth grade. Um, eighth, um, bigger kids would probably not like this because it's monsters and kind of childish. I don't know. I mean, they might like it, but also um, it's more pointed towards K through eight um, and advertised for it. Um, some re uh, relevant research on this topic is that, um, so, so these are not, uh, backed from the company, so <laughs> they're not as good as the ads. Um, so, um, you can publicly display people's, um, points, which, no matter if you're not publicly displaying them or not, um, it doesn't change the student's behavior in the long run. And at times it actually gets worse. Um, in some people's, um, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> um, experience. Um, and it might might be humiliating for the children, especially when going home and seeing that there's a red circle with all these red things and bad things that they've done, like talking to talking to their friends or being silly or or um, laughing too loud. Um, and um, some people worry about um, that this allows teachers to hide their racial bias or even bias of other students um, behind the system. Um, and also one other thing that's bad is that, um, kids can't see their points until they get home or ask a teacher unless they, everyone in the class has a personal iPad. And, um, uh, some reviews say that many parents get annoyed with all the messages and ignore the messages that they get from teachers because all of it is usually negative and they don't want to see that. Um, teachers start to nitpick everything negative about a troubled child. Um, and they don't put anything positive and gives them more of a access to give the kid more negative feedback than positive. Um, a teacher said that she has used um, Dojo for a few years and um, really does like it. Um, she thinks that the best um, feature is communication with parents and messaging is simple and easy. Um, but she never uses the negative points, um, and, um, yeah, um, and she finds that the negative aspects of clip charts and negative dojo points humiliating, humiliating and counterproductive. 
Um, so that's one thing that's bad about um, class dojo is it um, advocates and not advocates, but like says, oh yeah, you can give this child negative points and good points, but if they have too many bad points, then it gets rid of the good points. Some of the industry-backed um, research is that it actively is used in 95% of all K through eight schools in the US, in 180 countries, but that I researched and if the school is using it, the teachers are forced to do, use it. Um, and the only reason a, a student wouldn't use it is if the, 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 the parent says no to it and doesn't uh, give consent to monitor their children on it. So that's why it's 95%. Um, and they just add it to their school and not really do the research. Um, one in six U.S. families with um, a child under 14 uses class dojo every day. Um, all, this is good. Um, all messages um, can be translated into 35 languages automatically, and teachers translate uh, 270,000 messages every week in the U.S. So yeah, um, for my own rubric, um, let me be able to see it. Just a second. So for my own rubric, I said um, for easy of ease of use, I said that it was a th three out of five. It is somewhat brain melting to get up, um, get it set up if you're trying to customize it to your students. Um, it's way too hard um, to customize it because it's set up to have um, positive and negative and um, you can have an option of neutral, um, which I did here. Um, let me put it up. So here's some, um, instead of having uh, negative points for this, I give them neutral points. Um, so disrespectful warning um, already given. Um, hard time paying attention. So this is just needs work, like things that they can um, improve on instead of saying laughing. Like, like there's a lot of um, examples of like laughing or being silly or, or being destructive, um, which are things that they might do multiple times a day and it will bring down their score. Um, and then physical with the teacher or student would obviously need to be helped. Um, then like, giving them a whole bunch more positive things would be better um, and everything like that. Um, let me see. So, yeah, and just kind of like uh, customizing it to your own students. Um, some students might need more, um, more feedback than others and other people would need, um, and you can edit these and everything like that. Um, um, transforming the classroom, I would do probably um, three out of five. It doesn't really transform and build learning in the classroom unless you send, spend the time to add assignments and fully incorporate it into homework announcements and projects. Um, adding only positive and neutral points will give um, will help transform the culture in the classroom. But I, I don't think um, 
and I don't think that uh, negative points are necessary. So, um, for best um, the category best for the kids, I said it was a five out of five, but with the wrong use of the tool, it can be a one out of five real fast. Um, just depends on you um, the teacher that's using it. Um, connect, uh, connecting home to school is a five out of five. Langu language barriers are over overcome. Um, and add positive notes um, um, to tell parents how how good they were and what they need to work on. And homework announcements go straight to the parents instead of like, hey, uh, Billy, do you have homework? No, mom, I don't have homework. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then some notes that I had for um, that didn't kind of go into the rubric, or not the rubric, but the it says um, uh, easier patient uh, parent communication, uh, good uh, good neutral and needs work points. Um, depends on your class. Even better if the parent is the English language learner as well. Um, gives a platform for parents to see the ups and downs of the day. Uh, encourages you to use this to focus more on the good than bad. Um, Sandwich the bad, put good, bad, and then good, um, and it can be modified. So yeah, the end of my podcast. <laughs> Any questions for you with guys? For yeah, oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Um, I did have one question, or I guess it's kind of like two in one, <laughs> but basically, what? review or research surprised you the most and what would you want to do in your classroom to make it if it was a negative one to make it more positive the uh, racial bias um and the overwhelming negative um points that uh, teachers like to give people um they focus more on the negative points than the positive points which is is not good for the child um it discourages them and makes them feel like um what broke me my heart was there's this little girl that um, she tried her hardest and hardest to get points and get on the top of the, the shelf, but then her classmates or her group would talk and she would lose points as well, or she would get um, at put into that group that was talking and she would lose points when she wasn't even talking. And it was just kind of like there's some unfairness of giving negative points, and I feel like it should be earned and not taken away. Um, because um, they did that good thing and it shouldn't be taken away because of something bad they did. Yeah. Um, any, anyone else have any questions? Yeah, kind of the same question that I asked Kylie. How would you um, use this with like other ed tech tools in your classroom? Do you have any like suggestions that you think would work best? I think um, to add ed tech, I would probably put in links for um, like my classroom website um, or um, putting like a play posit link um, and also giving up, um, giving quizzes to the parents as well would be kind of interesting 
um, with PlayPosit um, and just having like a, like a video like, hey, how are you guys doing? Like, how is everything? And like making sure that their child is being, um, is um, feeling all right if they're being bullied or, or is, if there's something that's going on that I don't know of that I can know that immediately and um, I can check in with the parents so that there is no parent drama, um, but hopefully they will tell me and not keep it inside themselves. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's something that I would probably do is yeah, do that. All right, no more questions? Awesome. Woo!